0: So, all that to say, today we're going to be um, talking about the topic of friendship, and uh, this topic is somewhat of a weighty one, actually. Um, and I'm going to try and cover different aspects it aspects of it in the best way that I can in sh- in a short period of time. As I did st- uh, research on this, I thought, you know what, you could do an entire series on this subject and break it down bit by bit. So today I'm going to just cover the value of friendship, um, cultivating friendship and what that looks like, and then the greatest friendship that we have. And my hope is that this time together looking at at a topic um, can kind of raise our esteem for what friendship is, if we've lost that, and then that we're inspired to pursue with intentionality Um, and wholeheartedly pursue these friendships that we maybe already have. So I'm going to start on a little bit of a negative note um, because that's what I do. But um, studies today show that one-third of adults report being uh, chronically lonely for long seasons of life. Another study I found showed that 25% of Americans have no one in whom to confide. In other words, one fourth of adult Americans do not have a friend. Loneliness has become an epidemic. So why? Today we seem so much more connected, so many ways to be connected, yet really connecting with no one. Why is this, do you think? Well, I did a little bit of study, um, and I know this isn't an all-inclusive list here, but partly due to the shifts and trends in our society, more things that distract us, um, technology that was made to draw us closer now tends to divide us, um, increased mobility, so we're moving around a lot more than we did before moving cross-country or from neighborhood to neighborhood sometimes not being able to stay somewhere long enough to put down roots to really um, create or even uh, sustain friendships too busy so i think that's one we can all relate to between work family sports All of these things are not bad things, but we're just too busy, really, sometimes to... to, It seems like friendship is the last thing that gets our attention um, because the others are important. It just doesn't leave us a lot of time. So this subject has been kind of bouncing around in my head for a while now, a few years, and it kind of started when I was sitting at a table with several ladies having lunch, from, say, 20-ish age to, well, old, you know, like my age um, up. Um, So a range of ages. And this question came up, what do you value in your friendships? Or what is it that you long for in a friendship? And here's some answers that were given that day. A friend who will fight for the relationship, a friend who will remain by my side even when things get yucky and hard, a friend who will embrace honesty and seek resolution no matter how long it takes. Those were a few common longings spoken. What I heard was, please include me, invite me, please want me. This prompted me to begin my own research on the subject of friendship, mainly because I like to do research, but asking the question of different women and young girls of various ages that I've been in contact with. And the answers you'll tell by the language used from five years to older, Um, here's some of their answers. A friend that never runs ahead of you, never bees mean, or keeps secrets. A friend who has your back no matter what. A friend that will just hang with you, not only in good times but in bad. A friend that won't talk behind my back. A friend that will laugh with me, not at me. A friend who will be nice and not argue, and if I fall over, they'll pick me up. So women and girls from different eras with different terminologies, but all the same common longing, want me, value me, see me, fight for me. Many stories sharing the same, uh, many of them sharing the heart-wrenching stories of friendships blown apart by the missiles of misunderstanding and judgment. Stories, too, of forever friendships that have stood the test of trials and hard times laughing together and bonding in friendship. But we all long for friendship. We actually were all created for friendship. J.C. Ryle writes, The world is full of sorrow because it is full of sin. It is a dark place. It's a lonely place. It's a disappointing place. But the brightest sunbeam in it is a friend. Friendship halves our troubles and do- doubles our joys. And so the values of friendship, that's one of them, doubles our joys, right? Uh, whether you're five and are like, me ma, look at this, look what I did, or, you know, 55, and you're like hey, check this out, I'm at the beach, isn't this gorgeous? I mean, it's always funner when you're sharing that with a friend, right? And so it doesn't matter our age, we experience that. Friends share our sorrow, cutting it in half. And probably all of us in this room have experienced that, um, where friends encourage us just by being with us in our grief and our pain. They ease our sorrows with encouraging words, or no words at all, just being there. Friends help us figure out life in ways that no one else can. And friendships shape our character. We choose our friends, and then friends shape us. Friendship reveals who we really are. Drew Hunter says, if you don't have friends much of who you are will remain hidden from sight. Oh, actually, let me reread that. Uh, If you don't have friends, much of who you are will remain hidden even from your sight. It's more impactful. So thinking on these things may be like, you know, a gloomy... Coming to a gloomy conclusion, either you've struggled with a friend or you don't feel like you have friends or I'm not a good friend or it exposes maybe our shortcomings in friendships. But actually this is progress just to be aware because now we're going to talk about ways that we can intentionally pursue good friendships. So we're going to um, talk about cultivating friendships. Good friendships and by good friendships. I hope you all know that's not the 500 plus friends that you have on Facebook, right? But good friendships that you're in community with. Um, They don't just happen. We have to put in the work. And here's eight practical ways to cultivate friendships. First, we need to know our core values. If we come into a friendship with the core value of, no one likes me, that will be the lens, right, with which we see or view our relationship. So for example, if a friend doesn't answer a call that you just made in your mind, what? They don't like you. It supports your core belief that no one likes you. So for your friendship to flourish, Know who you are. I could take a whole series on that right there. Um, Number two, talking together, especially face-to-face, cultivates friendships and causes them to flourish. John Calvin said about his friend, if only he lived close by, a three-hour talk would exceed 100 letters. Nothing replaces the value of an in-person conversation. Yet today, messages, letters, phone calls can keep us in touch with one another. And didn't we all find out in 2020 that those things were really important, right? So they can um, sustain a relationship, but the best is in person. Thankfully, though, we do have this technology. I have grandkids that don't live by me, so I'm super happy for FaceTime chats, right? um talk openly to each other this is number three have deep conversations so the best conversations happen uh, when we ask thoughtful and personal questions so don't be afraid to go deep with trying to figure out who your friend is friendship thrives when there is both give and take in the listening and the speaking super important These conversations are not limited to serious content, though, and if anybody knows me, I love laughter. Laughter to the point of tears running down your legs. Oops, I mean cheeks. (laughs) Bond friends together in a very unique way. I have some of those friends. I think I am that friend. Um, Number four, grab coffee or a meal with someone. Consider scheduling a monthly time or every other week because isn't it hard to put friends on our calendar? Maybe not for everybody, but we have lots of stuff going on. And then when you're together in a situation like that, be intentional there again in your conversation. Go prepared to ask questions that will um, inspire the conversation to go deeper and really to learn more about them. I actually was going to have a list of those ready for you on a nice little PowerPoint, but last night my computer and I were not communicating well. So, um, but those are good to think of ahead of time. Number five, use driving time to catch up. Now, no texting, but uh, hands free phone, you know, call. If it's even three minutes, and you know, you think of a friend that you want to need to touch in with, uh, touch bases with, give them a call. And guess what? If they don't answer, leave a super encouraging voicemail. I hate doing that. I always want to hang up, but I think that's a really good thing. Um, <clears throat> Number six: Do things with them. Sounds so simple, but shared experiences bond friends together. Um, author John Stott was asked, when do you feel most alive? Which is a great question to ask your friend at coffee. Okay, don't forget that one. Here are the three things he said. Uh, Here are the three things he said made him feel most alive. Public worship, enjoying nature, and human friendships. Then he went on to say, um, I'm grateful to have many friends and very grateful to have the opportunity to enjoy their friendship and to do things with them. Friendship consists of doing things together. Number seven, of course, doing things together requires being together. And how in the world do we find time in our schedules for that? Well, does your friend like to do something that you like to do? something you both enjoy doing, maybe you both enjoy walking, invite her to go on a walk, and I know a lot of you do that, Target shopping, you know, hey, make a party out of it, how about uh, nose flute lessons, (laughs) I mean, you never know, working out at a gym, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, invite your friend to do with you, that's one way of being able to uh, connect with friends. And then the last, uh, but certainly not least, is eating together. I love this one. Friendships flourish when we eat together. So throughout history in the world, wherever we find strong community, we also find shared meals at the center of it. I have a long, uh, lifelong friend named Kathy. And her and I bonded over a type of meal several years ago, the ages of five and seven, Mm -hmm. hiding in a closet, sharing a whole jar of pickles (laughs) that we had stolen from her mom's fridge. I tell you, eating together works together. Eat works because we're still friends today. And we actually laugh at that story a lot. We've told our grandkids that story. So now our pickles are missing, you know? <laughs> so the best advice for, full, uh, for cultivating friendship is not to find a better friend, but to become one. <clears throat> okay. So by now you may be thinking, huh, this is hard. It's hard to keep and maintain or even to find a friend. You might be discouraged um, because you realize you've often failed to be a true friend. I know this was the case with me as I've been studying this. Maybe you've broken a friendship or distanced yourself from people, made a mess of a relationship. I know the more that I have considered this, the more I see my own feeble attempts at friendship. But one thing has been really eye-opening and grace-giving for me is to trace the theme of friendship from the first pages of the Bible to the end. And seeing the importance of friendship from the beginning to the end has me rethinking my view of friendships. And for lack of time, it... Honestly, when I first did it, it was pages long. There is so much in the Bible on friendship. But I, I think that I got it down where it'll fit into the time. So let's see how I do. So from the first pages of the Bible, Genesis 1-3, 1 through chapter 3, chapter 1 through chapter 3, and we've all been there, so it's real fresh in our mind, Right. Um, humanity was made in God's image. And then God gave the, the command, be fruitful and multiply. And then in Genesis 2, the author, author kind of rewinds back to, explain that whole um, process of creating human. And he says, it's not good that man should be alone. And this was before sin had entered the world. So the deepest problem in the world Is sin, obviously, today, but the first problem was isolation or solitude. We're made in God's image, so God is the triune God. He's a relational love and eternally existed in a community of love, Father, Son, and Spirit. So we were made for friendship. To be made in God's image is to be relational. Vertically with God and horizontally with one another, made to go, uh, made to know God and made for a relationship. Well, that's what I just said. <laughs> that's great. Um, okay, I told you I had to concise it down. So, um, that's not the right word either. But you know what I mean. Um, here's Adam. Okay, here we are. Here's Adam in paradise with God. And God himself says it's not good because there's not another human yet in community. So God makes Eve, and marriage is a significant answer to the communal problem that Adam had. But it's even bigger than that. It's a need for community in general for all of us. Then the Bible shows us how sin enters the world. Chapter 3, and it fractures our friendships. That's why friendships are so hard. We isolate ourselves. We um, curve in on ourselves. We seek our own selves rather than the good of others. So human friendship broken, the human relationship with God is broken and needs... Okay, here, I told you... Be patient. So, human friendships are broken, the human relationship with God is broken, and our needs, all of these need to be restored. And then we see the plan of redemption is really about restoring God's, um, God restoring friendship in himself and restoring people. I have to tell you now, since this is so bad, last night I was working on my notes and um, my computer gobbled them up. And so at 11 o'clock last night I found them again and quickly arranged my notes. And this morning I got up to print them and it had not saved all the things I did last night. So between 5 and 7 this morning, I was redoing them, and so this is what we have. So let me just see here if I can not look at my notes and bring the story about in a better way. So we're to the plan of redemption and God restoring friendship back with him and restoring people back to himself. And as we've walked through uh, the, st- the story so far in Genesis, we've seen that with Enoch, right, was the first one. He was walking with God. We saw it with Noah. We saw Abraham, and he's called the friend of God. And we also didn't see this in Genesis, but as we go on in the Bible, you see that Moses um, talked to God face-to-face, As a friend, so God was restoring this relationship of friendship with His people, and of course, not all of them took him took it uh, him up on it, and many rejected. And we have the whole story that we can't even go into. So then we jump to the uh, middle of the Bible. Oh, we do also see great relationships, like friendships with one another, like David and Jonathan and Naomi and Ruth, and so many more. I mean, that in itself would be a fun little Bible study to do. And then we get to the middle of the Bible, and we see Jesus. And he comes as the friend of sinners, and he comes to befriend us. And he calls the cross a cosmic act of friendship. Greater love, he says, has no man than that he laid down his life for his friends, And he was telling his disciples, you are my friends. On the eve of his crucifixion, he wants his disciples to know they're his friends, and he's going to do the greatest act of love, the greatest act of friendship, to lay down his life for his friends. He does that for us. And then through the resurrection and the pouring of the Spirit, he creates a new community, And the book of Acts shows that that's when the one another's start happening, right? And so it's forgive one another and bear with one another and have things in common with one another. A rich life of communal love, deep relationships. Then we get to the end of the Bible. We see it's not just us in heaven in isolation with the Lord, but it's a new creation of human flourishing, where God Himself is with His people and all His people are together as true friends. The Bible gives this big overview of the significance of friendship. So, God is our everlasting friend. Christ's affection, his constancy, his transparency, his empathy, and his honesty model for us the path to friendship. The greatest power for becoming a good friend is being befriended by Christ. So I'm going to end it there, and I hope this leaves us thinking of our friends and ways that we can become a better friend. Actually, while I was studying this, I reached out to my pickle friend, Kathy, um, because it had been a long time. And it really has inspired in me um, the value of a friendship. And like I say, there is so much more. And if you ever feel like you need something extra to do, I would say trace it in the Bible. Proverbs. The huge theme, you know, you think of Proverbs as being wisdom and stuff, and it is, but there are so many things in there that tell us what a friend is. Um, And I had all of those listed out, but they're not here, and we don't have time right now. So anyway, um, this is um, just kind of where I think I'll end it. And just remember, too, if you're sitting here with the longing to have a friend because you're not experiencing that right now, don't feel bad. You were created for that longing. There's not something wrong with you. Um, And maybe we can pick up some of those ideas that we have to actually work on ourselves to create friendships around us. I do have um, questions on the table. I know also you may be talking about your, the Psalms that you read in your small group. Um, So, but there are questions there that you might find helpful or want to answer. So any questions or anything before we break up here? Yeah. I see a book in your future. Yeah, (laughs) that wasn't a question. I don't because my computer and I, if my computer and I got along, maybe, but whoo, scary. Um, so, anyway, uh, thank you guys, and we will break into small groups, just make sure everything's taken down and put away, and we're good to go. Thank you for uh, listening. <laughs>